Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello and welcome into the Pick'em Pod, brought to you by the Block M Podcast Network as we head into championship weekend in college football. And I can't believe that the regular season has already come and gone on another great college football season. And do we have a battle here on the Pick'em Pod? Luke Giardi here along with Von Lozon and Dan Plucker. And coming off of last week, uh, shout out to Von who has taken the lead uh, with a 4-4 four and four week last week Dan has crawled back in with a four and four week I went three and five dropping a game to Vaughn so as we stand it doesn't get much closer than this Vaughn in first place at 54 52 and three I'm in second at an even 553 53 and four Dan two games behind Vaughn one game behind myself at 52 54 and three and a great slate of conference championship games on the horizon guys what's going on good to be here with you again yeah, good to be back with you as well, my friend. It's going to be an insane week of college football. Hope you guys and everybody out there listening had a good Thanksgiving as well. Definitely had a good Saturday at uh, the big house in Ann Arbor. That was a hell of a game. One of the very best and definitely the rowdiest and loudest atmospheres I've been to at Michigan Stadium. So that was an awesome time. Can't wait to break down all these picks with you guys. Dan, how's your week been going, man? Yeah, pretty well. Another 500 week for me. It seems like a pretty standard thing here uh, in my world, hoping to get actually a winning week going one of these weeks. Um, And, you know, I'm excited to see how the college football playoff shapes out this week. There's a chance for some chaos, which is would be fun. Um, But I mean, if Michigan wins, they're in. So and I'm pretty confident in that. So uh, looking forward to breaking down the rest of the games and hopefully having a stress free weekend. 
Well, we're we're gonna start with a, a conference championship game, non-power five, because we got we're gonna break them all down here for you. And what could be a pretty good game, we've got SMU and Tulane squaring off, and Tulane three and a half point favorites. Vaughn, you're the leader. I'll start with you. Yeah, this is a really th- this has the chance to be a really interesting one here. I'm gonna go with the underdog in this matchup i'm going to go with smu even though this is a de facto road game for smu all of the advanced metrics point to the mustangs actually being the favorite in this game which is kind of surprising given that vegas has this completely flipped so uh when when in doubt i'm just going to go with the advanced nerds in college football and roll with smu to upset tulane uh, on their own home turf so give me smu dan how do you see it playing out yeah, everybody loves the Green Wave because of their run last year, especially after beating USC in the New York New Year's Six Bowl uh, last season. Uh, they're eleven and one again this year. ACC championship game playing in their home field, like Vaughn mentioned, and they uh, only have one loss this year. It was to Ole Miss. Uh, when their starting quarterback, Michael Pratt, was out. That was one of the first games we broke down on the podcast, actually. SMU, they've been fiery the last couple weeks. Their only two losses also to Power 5 competition, TCU and Oklahoma. They scored 59 last week against Navy, but the important thing to note here is Preston Stone, their starting quarterback, out the rest of the season after breaking his leg in the second quarter of that game. Has me a little bit worried going to Tulane, Uh, against a defense that has really shut people out uh, when they've been playing at home this season. Uh, Mustangs have won seven of the last eight games between these two, though. It's kind of a hard one to pick, but I'm going to be rolling with pretty much the home team here uh, and the green wave since Stone is out. And I like what their defense has done. Their unders have hit in five straight home games for Tulane. So I'm going to be riding with the green wave in the three and a half. Yes, uh, this number has been really jumpy uh, since the news of Preston Stone uh, being out in this one, but I still like SMU overall from a team perspective uh, in in this one. I'm going to grab over the key of three. Tulane's just kind of been getting by here this season, kind of strangely, but from the sounds of it, probably going to be Willie Fritz's last game at Tulane as well. Not sure you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk. That's a distraction in its own right. How invested in this game is he? And I don't think the drop-off from Preston Stone to Kevin Jennings is going to be a, a as big as a lot of people seem to think. Obviously, Preston Stone's having a fantastic season in such a small sample size with Kevin Jennings. But from everything I've uh, I've I've come across here, um, a lot of belief in in this quarterback Jennings, who sounds like he's going to be getting the start. So I'm going to roll with SMU uh, plus the three and a half here this week as we head out to. I believe this game is actually being played in Las Vegas. Boise State two and a half point favorites taking on the Rebels. Dan. Yeah, I think Vegas has this one wrong. UNLV is playing in their home stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, And it was just, this is a really weird game because the only reason that Boise State and UNLV are playing each other is because they have some sort of BCS system to decide who the uh, championship, who makes the championship game. San Jose State actually beat UNLV last week and they were the other team in that scenario. Kind of crazy that UNLV is here, but I honestly think they're the better team. And what I have problems with is the Broncos. They're one, four and one against the spread this season when they're on the road. UNLV is one of 
of the best teams against the spread this season at 10 and two. Uh, so I think that there's going to be a lot of points in these, this game. Both teams have uh, offenses ranked in the top 35 in S and P plus. So I expect a healthy amount of points, but I think the rebels are the better team and better suited to beat Boise state here who just fired their head coach a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. So I'll be riding with the rebels. How do you see you playing out Vaughn? Yeah, I completely agree. I'm going with UNLV as a home underdog as well. This is like you kind of alluded to, Dan. This is going to be one of the more offensive firepowered games here. The over under on DraftKings right now for this game. It's the second highest of championship weekend at 59. The other one, uh, the one higher is Oregon, Washington, which we'll get to here in a second. But yeah, I mean, UNLV offense number 30, according to SP plus. Their defense is number 89 on the flip side. Boise State also got a strong defense, 33rd on SP+. Their defense is 71. So this one definitely going to be a shootout. I expect the home team to uh, end up uh, victorious here. And uh, I think they will take down Boise State, which, like you said as well, Dan, uh, without their head coach that they just fired a couple weeks back, really interesting that they even made it to the conference championship. So I will roll with the Rebels this week. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's been an absolute positive that Boise State fired their head coach a couple weeks back. Uh, their interim has some two and zero playing well. They've actually uh, they had one or two guys, uh, one for sure, pretty good player that quit uh, initially during the year on this team, come back to the team. So it sounds like there were some serious locker room issues uh, with, with with Boise's head coach. However, you know, you get a game bump, you get a two game bump that happens now in a conference championship game. I think it's completely different. Boise state's interim. He was a grad assistant like five years ago, going up against Barry Odom in UNLV. Great coach. Uh, I like the rebels here playing at home. Like you guys mentioned, I'm going to go ahead and grab the two and a half. Think Boise's getting a little too much of a bump here. Uh, so give me UNLV plus the two and a half as we go to the Mac championship game. We love so action here on the show and Miami is taking on Toledo at Ford Field and Toledo a little over a touchdown an eight-point favorite Vaughn yeah we do love some action on the show man we we represent the Mac uh like no other uh across uh podcasts here I'm gonna go with Toledo to cover and obviously win uh, this game, the Rockets only have one loss this entire season, and they are a top 40 team per SP plus that's ahead of teams like UCLA, Florida, Oklahoma State. They've had a really impressive season and they re- uh, defensively Toledo gets after the quarterback. They average nearly three sacks a game. They're 48th in the country in rush defense. They're even better against the pass. They're 23rd overall in the country, and they have the seventh best rushing offense in America. They go for about 212 rushing yards per game, and Miami, Ohio does have a solid run defense overall uh, and has the number 15 overall defense per SP plus. So they may be able to hang tight for a little bit, but uh, the Rockets they've had, uh, they put together a really nice season here and uh, their head coach is going to be one of the hotter candidates this off season to take a better head coaching job. So, and, and Toledo, they have not lost a game since week one. They only lost by two points to Illinois on the road. So I really like this Toledo team. I'm going to take them to win and to cover this spread. Dan, how do you see it playing out? 
It's a rematch of a game that happened a couple weeks ago. Toledo beat Miami, Ohio in Ohio uh, just over a month ago, it looks like, by four points. 21 to 17 was the final score there. The spread was two and a half in that game. So I'm kind of surprised to see it jump as much as it has. Uh, so Toledo did cover in that game because they were favored by two and a half. But now for them to be covered, to be favored by eight is a little bit of a surprise to me because the Red Hawks defense held Toledo to zero points in the second half of that game which maybe indicates that they might have something that uh might slow down Toledo's quarterback Daquan Finn who's just been an explosive player for them uh so I think Toledo wins the game but my but Miami covers uh with the eight points this is an interesting one to me right because how do you factor in if you take a look at Toledo's splits uh home and away Right at home, they've been pretty doggone good, winning by decent margins for the most part. Had a close one with like Northern Illinois, but beat Eastern by 26 at home, beat Buffalo by 18 at home, beat Western by 18 at home, beat Texas Southern 71 to three at home. But on the road, Ball State, they they went to Ball State, won only 13 to six, one at Miami 21 17, as you alluded to, one at Bowling Green 32 31 on the road. This is a neutral, like, like, is it just Toledo on the road in a hostile environment or just Toledo away from Toledo? And that's where I'm having some trouble with the handicap. But I mean, Miami of Ohio, 103rd in offensive SP plus at the end of the day, I think Toledo puts the squeeze on him. I think Vegas, to your point, Dan, is telling us something that we might not know here. Uh, with this spread being so inflated. So I'm going to roll with the Rockets here uh, to cover the eight points at Ford Field. And a huge, huge game with massive playoff implications. Pretty much how it feels to me. I don't know if you guys share the same sentiment. This is going to be a win and in for the college football playoff type scenario. In my mind, it's number three, Washington, and number five, Oregon, and a massive inflated spread. Oregon, nine and a half point favorites, Dan. Yeah, it feels kind of crazy for them to be favored that much. Yes, they look like the much better team, and they have been the last couple of weeks. They blew out the teams that Washington struggled with in the last three weeks in Oregon State, um, Utah, and Washington State. Huskies are just two and four against the spread in the last six games. Like I said, it feels like their offense has lost a little bit of firepower. But I will say... Oregon's defense, although it's ranked much higher by a lot of the those statistics that you'll see out there, I mean, Michael Penix still threw for 302 yards and four touchdowns, and the running back Dylan Johnson ran for over 100 yards in that game. It's not like Washington is just going to die and not put up a fight in this contest. The spread was three at Washington, which makes sense. They should have been favored as the home team for the game earlier this year, uh, but I think I'm going to be rolling with Washington here. I feel like the spread's just a little bit too much for me to feel comfortable um, with Oregon winning this game by 10 points. I think that Washington's offense is going to be they, they they played their competition, you know, they, they and and they, that proved was proven when they played Oregon earlier this year. There was a stretch during the game where it was five straight possessions for these teams. The touchdowns were scored. Oregon was playing scared in that game, which is why they were being aggressive and didn't take the points in so many situations because they wanted to put points on the board because they couldn't slow down Washington's offense. So give me Washington plus the nine and a half here. Um, and I think that they'll probably get it done. How do you see playing out Vaughn? This episode is sponsored by better help. 
We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I I could see this one going either way here, but I'm going to take the hot hand and I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks to win and to cover the spread. I I did initially have Washington covering this earlier in the week, and then it was just a couple days ago that uh, my mind flipped over to Oregon. I mean, they've just been a freight train from hell. The last month of the season, they put up 63 on Cal, 36 on USC, 49 at Arizona State. And then just a week ago, they beat a really tough Oregon State team, 31-7. to I mean, they they looked like they were in control that entire game, and they were in control that entire game. They've got the top-ranked offense per SP+. They got the 14th-ranked defense per SP+. And Washington has just not looked like itself over the last month, month and a half, pretty much since that game where they beat Oregon. Uh, uh, earlier this season, I mean, they only beat Arizona state by eight, eight points. They beat Stanford by 11 points. USC was, uh, kind of close there for a little bit. Utah only by a touchdown. I mean, they, they've had close game after close game. I think the dam finally breaks here uh, in this PAC 12 championship. And, uh, uh, to your question, Luke, I, I don't know if this is a de facto win in your end. Cause if Oregon wins, and then Alabama wins against Georgia. That could create some 
uh, talking points for the uh, college football playoff committee, but it certainly could be a win and in situation. But regardless here, uh, I'm going to take Oregon to win and cover. Yeah, I'm on your side on this one, Vaughn. I, I like Oregon. I look at this Washington team and a team that's just barely hanging on, it feels like. And I have a tough time rolling with a team who's just limping to the finish line while Oregon is just playing on all cylinders. You know, sometimes football in a season like this, it can be, uh, you know, a game of momentum. And particularly Michael Penix, I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about. I take a look at his last five games, right? If you go throughout the, the majority of the season – Penix is completing like 65 to 75% of his passes, but you go to the last five games and his completion percentages are 56.8, 73.3, but that came against USC, 57.1, 46.4, and 54.5. He's just not playing his best football right now. I even heard some rumblings about maybe dealing with a bit of an injury. Looked like he was kind of wincing a little bit last week. Uh, Oregon is steamrolling teams right now. They're playing pretty good on both sides of the football. I just, I feel like Washington is just limping in the finish line here and I can't roll to that side. I think Oregon gets it done and they get it done big. And I think part of the motivation is something you just alluded to law Vaughn. If Oregon goes out and wins this game by 21, 24 points, it's going to be hard to keep them out of the playoff. uh, No matter what happens in that sec title game. So going to be really interesting, but I think they need to, to put up some, you know, an impressive performance to, to really try uh, and make a good case for the college football playoff. And Hey, uh, we've got some great stuff here for you with manscaped. Every man knows how scary it can get uh, when going for a close shave below the belt. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Their newest package, they contain the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra 5th Generation Trimmer featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and then a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. And it also uh, has a dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones. Three length setting combos, perhaps best of all, it's waterproof. So it also includes a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and uh, or weird looks in the airport. So join the 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all their grooming needs and use the promo code MNB20. Uh, excuse me, that's Block M20. Block M20 is the promo to get free shipping and 20% off your order. Head to manscaped.com. Use that promo code Block M20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. We head to the Big 12 championship game speaking of a team that might need an impressive performance to get into the college football playoff number seven texas a 15 point favorite going up against oklahoma state bond yeah this this one is another one that i don't think is going to be particularly close i'm going to take texas to win and cover the spread oklahoma state at this point very fortunate to be in this game in the first place they were down big to byu last weekend had to come back from a 24 to 6 deficit only to win in double overtime. So they're kind of uh, kind of limping into this game as well. And on the other side, Texas, they just put up a 50-burger to Texas Tech last Saturday. So there was absolutely no looking ahead to the conference championship game for them whatsoever. Uh, Oklahoma State, they're 66 in the country per SP Plus on defense. Texas, one of the more well-rounded teams in the country. They've got the number four rush defense. And Oklahoma State relies on its run game. Uh, offensively to put points on the board. So I I think Oklahoma State is in big trouble this weekend. I've got Texas winning this one by a pretty big margin. How do you see you playing out, Dan? 
I'm right there with you, Vaughn. I think that uh, the Longhorns are going to have a pretty easy day uh, on Saturday. Oklahoma State's had a roller coaster of a season. You know, they were blown out at home in week two or three against a South Alabama team that finished six and six. You know, from there, they they got things rolling. You know, they upset Kansas State, Kansas. You can even call the West Virginia win an upset. And then against Oklahoma on the way to a seven and one finish. But in the last three weeks, they lost 45 to three to UCF and then were in double overtime against BYU to even get into this game. Now, Ollie Gordon, their running back, is one of the best in the country. He scored five touchdowns last week. Uh, Texas has given up six rushing touchdowns all season, uh, and they've played some pretty impressive teams along the way. Uh, I think that. Oklahoma State's really going to struggle to move the football. Texas's run defense is really good. Number four in the country. They allow less than 85 yards a game. And I don't know if Alan, if I trust Alan Bowman's arm uh, to get things done. He's not, he's uh, completing less than 60% of his passes. He's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this season. I think that uh, the Cowboys are just not going to be able to keep up with Texas's offense. So I'll be laying the points with the Longhorns here. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, man. The only way you're kind of beating this Texas defense is with explosive plays through the air, right? We saw it with Alabama, Kansas. They're gettable, but is Oklahoma State the team to do that? I'm going to bet against that. I like Texas to win and cover this one here this week because, again, kind of going back to the point, Oklahoma State, yeah, they're they're playing with some motivation, obviously, to win a Big 12 championship. There's no question about that. Texas, though, They're not only thinking about the Big 12 championship. They need a great performance to show the playoff committee that they deserve to be one of the top four teams if they win this game. And they're going to need to not limp uh, their way to victory against Oklahoma State, one of the absolute luckiest teams in the country here this season. Give me the Longhorns to win and win big in the Big 12 championship. Now, an intriguing matchup. Uh, This line would not be nearly as close if Jordan Travis was playing. I do know that. But number 10, Louisville, taking on number four, Florida State in the ACC Championship. Seminoles, two-and-a-half-point favorite, Dan. Yeah, I love Florida State here, to be honest with you. And I also picked them before the season, so I'm trying to double down here uh, with Florida State uh, getting this uh, ACC Championship. You know, not having Jordan Travis, like you mentioned, it hurts this team. Uh, And they're still figuring things out with Tate Rodemaker, who's their now backup. But they have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And I feel like he could just throw the ball up there. And one of the six foot five giant receivers that he has on his team can come down with it. On top of that, you know. Louisville's coming off that loss against Kentucky. They gave up 38 points. Ray Davis, uh, Kentucky's running back, had 127 yards of total offense and three touchdowns in that game. I think that Florida State was definitely watching, and they're going to have a similar scheme set up for Trey Benson, who's their stud running back in this game. So I'm going to take the Knolls to win, to cover. And, you know, they're in the same spot as Texas. They've got to prove that they're good enough to be in a college football playoff spot. And I think that's what they do uh, in that game on Saturday. Vaughn, how do you see it playing out, man? I'm going to go on the other side here. I'm going to take Louisville. I liked them a little more when they were three and a half point underdogs, but uh, with it being two and a half now, I'll, I'll still take them. They've they've got a, a pretty solid defense overall. Number 11 rush defense, number 56 pass defense. Uh, but this pass defense, also number 22 in the country in passes intercepted with 12. And this Cardinal defense also gets about two and a half sacks per game. So if they can get to Florida State's backup quarterback, have him throw some wobbly passes, have a good opportunity to intercept those. Those could be 
uh, game wrecking plays, much like we saw last week with the Michigan Ohio State game. So I think they're going to be able to kind of hang around a little bit. And uh, this would, I, I kind of expected this to be a tight one regardless. I, I just, you know, despite the loss that they had last week, that was brutal. Uh, I still do like this Louisville squad. So I will take them to, at the very least, cover the spread here this weekend. Uh, yeah, under the key number three, I'm going to roll with Florida State here because no Jordan Travis, but the good news for Florida State is Jordan Travis does not play defense. And Florida State, the number ninth ranked defense in SP plus going up against Louisville squad that comes in 32nd offensively. I think Florida State is going to be able to stifle Louisville a, a bit uh, defensively. Look, Rodemaker, he had a he had a really tough um task really right going into the swamp in a rivalry game last game of the regular season undefeated season on the line that is a horrible spot to be put in as a, a backup quarterback and he handled himself somewhat well in, in that scenario Louisville they're uh, just outside the top 30 in defensive SP plus but as Dan alluded to I really like the weapons from Florida State think they're going to be able to maybe move the ball a little bit um, on the ground and hopefully open up some play action and hit guys like like uh, Johnny Davis and Keon Coleman uh, over the top. So I like Florida State to cover the two and a half. I think people are a little too down on them, uh, given the fact that they don't have Jordan Travis and probably a bit of a shaky performance against Florida, though. They weren't the only ones last weekend. Let's be honest here. But as we move to the SEC championship game, Obviously, a lot of eyes going to be on this one. Number one, Georgia, five and a half point favorites taking on Bama Vaughn. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Bulldogs in this one. I mean, it's uh, in the friendly confines of the state of Georgia. The Bulldogs rise to the level of their opponent. And last weekend at Auburn was just an anomaly of a game. I mean, the ending of that was just I'm still trying to figure out how uh, they scored that touchdown. That was just in, in, insane uh, the way that game ended. But it, they're this Alabama team, they are, are on an impressive winning streak here. Haven't lost since that Texas game in week two. Uh, but they've been pretty fortunate to not slip up a few times. This Bulldogs team, number two overall on SP+. Plus, they have top five units for offense, defense, and special teams. Alabama's number eight overall. So I do expect them to put up somewhat of a fight but like I said, Georgia, they play up to their opponent uh, earlier this season when they went to uh, Tennessee just a couple weeks ago, 38 to 10, played Ole Miss at home, beat them 52 to 17. And they've just been blowing out people left and right other than that Missouri game essentially uh, earlier this season. So, yeah, I, I like Georgia to continue to uh, assert their dominance. They'll play like the number one team this weekend in Atlanta. I like them by about 10 points this weekend. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I'm also on the Bulldogs train here. Uh, you know, both of these teams weren't great last week. Um, it makes sense. It's a rivalry game. It's a little awkward, I think, when you know that you're the better team going into those games. Uh, sometimes, you know, you can just get a little caught up, especially because the SEC championship game was already set. So your eyes are already looking forward to that next game, I think. Um, but you know, Georgia kind of cruised through the SEC and they had a really easy schedule throughout the course of this year. Uh, I think they left the state of Georgia three times. The thing is, this game's also in Georgia, <laughs> which is just kind of nuts how they are not leaving that state this season. It definitely benefits them. I will say, I don't think that either of these teams defenses are as good as what they have been in years past. 
previously they've been world beaters. You know, the reason why they are the number one and number two teams in the country are because of this vaunted defense that just nobody can score on. I think there's a lot of points in this game. I love the over at 54 and a half. Uh, I think both of these offenses can put up some big points, but I like the Bulldogs more uh, in this game. It's basically a home game, five and a half points. It's under that key marker of seven. And I just think that they're the better football team top to bottom. So give me the Bulldogs to win this one. Yeah, this is uh this is a tough one. Obviously, I really, really want to go Alabama here, but I just can't quite get there because I think the number falls a little short, right? I mean, if you take a look at it, like SP plus makes this about a 7.2 point differential. We're sitting at five and a half with the back-to-back national champs, a a team that, you know, really has, has taken over for Alabama within that conference, even though, you know, Bama did win it two years ago, even though Georgia won the national championship and beat Bama in there just feels like Georgia has kind of taken that Alabama mold, right? Like an up and comer, not that Alabama is an up and comer, but you think back to it, it was really hard to beat them in like an SEC championship game like this or a national championship game. Like we saw with LSU in what 2011, 2012, whatever it was there. It just couldn't quite get over that Alabama hump. Now, Georgia's kind of taking that mantle, I think, here. They're getting healthier, which I think is huge. And um, Beck's been playing tremendous football as of late, which makes them just so much more tough. Go ahead. Give me the Bulldogs uh, to cover the five and a half. As we head to Indianapolis, the Big Ten Championship and number two Michigan, a 22-point favorite against number 16 Iowa, Dan. Yeah, I'm really trying to not look at this game with Mason blue glasses on, but how does Iowa's offense score in this game? Michigan has number two defense in college football uh, against other top 10 teams in S and P plus Nebraska was number seven last week. Iowa scored 13 points. Six of those points came directly off turnovers in plus territory. And one was the game winning field goal. Penn state number four defense on S and P plus Iowa didn't score in that game, the Wolverines are better and more opportunistic than both of those defenses. I was only getting three and a half yards per carry. Deacon Hill is completing less than 50% of his passes, has more picks than touchdowns. And I'm not entirely sure that the Iowa Hawkeyes are better than Minnesota or Nebraska. They lost to Minnesota, barely beat Nebraska last week. Michigan beat those teams by a combined 97 to 19. The Wolverines are pissed off. Jim Harbaugh wants that trophy from Tony Petitti. And one last thing, I was looking up just the S&P Plus offensive teams for who has played Iowa this season. They have the number one defense per S&P Plus. Five of the 12 games that they had this season were against offenses that finished outside of the top 100 in college football. Five of them. There are 133 teams in Division One college football. Of course, Iowa's defense is going to be the number one in the country. So Michigan is going to absolutely roll. I think they can hit the over by themselves in this game. Give me Michigan and the points and the over in this contest. Vaughn, how about you, man? Dan, that was wax poetic, my friend. Well done. I'm going to take Michigan as well. You took a lot of my thunder with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, the Hawkeyes just have not played uh, a team as good as Michigan this season. And the closest one that they played was Penn state and they gave up 31 points. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I can't see a path for Iowa scoring points unless 
once it comes via special teams or defense. And the downside to that is that they're mess- they're missing their best defensive and special teams player in Cooper DeGene. He's out for the rest of the season. Oh, and by the way, Cade McNamara has been out for this entire season for the most part. Eric All has been out for the most part. And uh, their other tight end, Lachey, has also been out for a majority of this season. This this is the dumbest championship game of all time. And I think Michigan wins this one handily. It very well could be another 42 to three game like we saw a couple of years ago in Indianapolis. This game honestly could be over at the end of the first quarter. There was a prop bet that I saw that was like over under amount of points for Iowa in the first half. And it was set at 0.5. I mean, this is just going to be a disgusting, disgusting football game. So if you like these kinds of football games, God bless you. I hope you have a great time Saturday night. I'm going to be looking away for the most part. So I will take Michigan to win. I will take Michigan to cover. And I hope that we never see a conference championship game like this ever again. I hear what you guys are saying, but I I'm not going to discount the fact of Iowa's ability to just make weird shit happen. And so I'm (laughs) I'm actually going to take the Hawkeyes plus 22 here. I don't think they win this game, but just they have a very strange ability, man. Um, I think Michigan is going to have a harder time moving the football than a lot. I I saw, I think 12 and a half was their first half total, 13 and a half, something like that. Wouldn't be surprised to see Michigan. You go back to even Purdue last year, right? And Michigan at times kind of had trouble uh, scoring on them until late in that football game. This falls somewhere between a two to three touchdown win for Michigan, and I know that's right around the number. I think it it's like a I, I see a twenty point win somewhere in there. You know, to be quite honest with you, I do think I'm thinking about taking Iowa's team total over because they're going to pull out all the stops. What do they have to lose, man? I mean, they're going to be throwing halfback passes. They tried one two years ago in the in the Big Ten championship that was wide open. They just sucked at it and they completely missed it. That would have been a touchdown early in that game, right? Just and and this is just a weird team for Iowa. So I I think they keep it closer than than people uh, expect them to. I'm going to grab the points uh, with the Hawkeyes in the Big Ten championship game as it wraps up our college football season, at least for the the regular season of the conference championships. We'll see about the Bulls, but fellas, it's been a pleasure. If that uh, doesn't happen before we go, I'll let you guys uh, say where you can, we can find you on social media. I'll start with you, Dan. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Dan Plucker. That's P-L-O-C-H-E-R. How about you, Vaughn? Yep, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Yardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I as we put a bow on the college football season. What a year it's been, boys, and it's going to come down to the wire. I can't wait to see who walks away with the Pick and Pod Championship. It's going to be a great ending, man. I mean, I, I, I'm eager to see how this goes too. This has been such a tight season between the three of us, uh, just back and forth. And I mean, it has just been up to the wire. So I'm, I'm really, uh, really excited, really proud of all of us for being over 500 and, and, uh, you know, really making some money along the way. So kudos to, to you guys. Well, I'm not over 500, but hopefully I can get there this week. So well, well, yeah. you, you will. <laughs> You'll get there, I promise. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm right at five. So we'll see what happens here. But, boys, what a great season it was. in uh, in another one that went far too quickly. For my partners, Von Lozon and Dan Plucker, I'm Luke Yardy. Thank you for listening to the Pick'em Pod.